Where should Ezekiel Elliott go in FFPC drafts? How does Sammy Watkins' ADP change in Los Angeles? And how big of a target will Jordan Matthews be for you now? Plus, FFMastermind.com's Michael Nazarek chats about his FFPC pros versus Joe's draft. KFFSC Commissioner Farrell Elliott helps answer your emails. And the prognosticator himself, Alex Kaganowski, brings you his season-long props for wide receivers. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands So I dig into my pocket, all my money spent So I just deep up, still coming up for lint So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how I could I get some dead presidents I need money, I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, you still don't nothing move but the money, but now I learned that broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet, it's the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com, with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak, the high stakes fantasy football hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. Soon as the test see if I got pulled. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle. He is Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, Michael Nazarick from ffmastermind.com gives us his thoughts on Jordan Reed's injury. KFFSC Kamish Farrell Elliott dishes on Kenny Galladay. And the prognosticator Alex Kaganowski talks about which wide receiver props he bet on fresh off his trip to Sin City. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you all might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, or at David Gerzek. Uh, Mike Nazarick is on Twitter at FFMastermind.com. Farrell Elliott is on Twitter at KFFSC. And, of course, Alex Kaganowski on Twitter at Alex underscore FFPC. You can post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFFHour if you want to chime in and talk with us. Give us a call at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails. Uh, in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show with Farrell Elliott tonight, uh, helping to answer all of your emails. It is a very exciting night, Dave. I'm just curious, after all the news we saw today, who, who in the hell else got traded? Who else got suspended? It seemed like this was the classic NFL Friday news dump, and they piled it all on here in a span of about 10 minutes today. You were very upset, Balky, because you had the show all planned out. You and Rob were doing all the stuff. And, I, I, you know, what? I didn't even know that it's, I had learned today that there was yeah. planning involved in the show. Yeah, there is. And then Just all this, news, you. Yeah, this yeah. news happened, and uh, apparently you guys had to do something different. You had to actually in, we, integrate we, it? Yeah, we, we, we've integrated it. We'll get into it. Um, and we're going to talk, actually, with, with Mike Nazarek. One, one of the first things we'll talk to him about is, is all these things uh, that happened today with the Elliott suspension, with the uh, Jordan Matthews trade, the Sammy Watkins trade. Uh, and get uh, input from a real pro about this. Uh, we have to take our first break, but the show is just getting started here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzak, and you are listening live to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. 
Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak here, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour as we come up on our one of our final shows in August here, and uh, we, we're it's a banner show tonight. It's a fantastic show because we have not one, not two, but three guests, and I want to bring in the first guest that we have for you tonight on the air right now. Uh, he is a uh, 20, or excuse me, a 30 year has 30 years of fantasy football experience, including 20 more than 25 fantasy championships in 10 different leagues. Longtime member member of the Pro Football Writers of America. Uh, other than directing one of the longest running fantasy football information websites since 1996, his primary claim to fame is that the fact that he won the SI.com Experts League title for four consecutive seasons, making him the only winner of that league in its existence. He's been a contributing author for many fantasy football magazines as well, including Fantasy Football Pro Forecast, Power Ranking System, Fantasy Football Report, and Fantasy Football Draft Book, as well as a periodic columnist for SI.com's Fantasy Central feature. He is the CEO and president of Fantasy Football Mastermind, Inc., where you can find him at ffmastermind.com. You follow him on Twitter. CEO, I love it. That's right. You follow him on Twitter at ffmastermind. Please welcome back onto the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour from ffmastermind.com, Michael Nazarek. Hey, man, what's up tonight? Thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, it's my pleasure, guys. And wow, after that introduction, I don't know, what am I, 100 years old here? <laughs> so, but, but I tell you, so much to talk about today. I'm just drained with all this news. It, it's crazy. And let's, let's get into it. Uh, and, and we'll lead things off. Get your, your quick uh, opinion on Ezekiel Elliott. We know he's suspended for six games. Now, he is appealing it. We don't know how much uh, is going to be, if any, is going to be shaved off. We don't know if the whole thing is going to be shaved off, but Michael, for anybody who is drafting right now, how should they be treating Ezekiel Elliott in their drafts? With kid gloves. But, uh, but seriously, like you say, we know, we're not sure if he's going to actually uh, be able to, quote, win an appeal and actually win back a couple of games or not. I'm thinking that if he does uh, win uh, some portion of the appeal that it will be reduced to maybe four games. But I would not be surprised if he has to sit out all six games. And, and he's going to slide in a lot of drafts here, but I don't think he's going to slide as far as people may think. What, what about um, – let, let's uh, briefly touch on the Watkins trade too because he moves – from Buffalo to the Rams. And, you know, Buffalo, a, a strong running attack as far as their offense goes. He moves to another offense that you would think with the upgrades they made to their offensive line, with Todd Gurley being there, with Sean McVay, a pretty creative head coach. They bring in Watkins. It's, it's kind of another heavily centric run attack there. How does Watkins' value change from Buffalo to Los Angeles? Well, uh, it, it may be good for Jared Goff there in his development. But he's very inexperienced. He's only starting his second season here, and he didn't have much success last year. I think it, uh, in the short term, at least for this year, it's a bit of a downgrade for, for Sammy Watkins and for his fantasy potential. Uh, I still think that he does have uh, you know, the, the possibility of, of catching for around 1,000 yards, maybe five or six scores here. But, uh, you know, and, that, and that's assuming he stays healthy because that's the big bugaboo with Sammy Watkins has always been the, the guy just can't stay healthy can't stay on the field, and that's not going to help the Rams if he can't play. Mike, we want to talk about your pros versus Joe's draft, but last thing I want to talk to you about with the news today, Jordan Matthews also heads to Buffalo from Philadelphia. Uh, you look at what he left in Philly. Torrey Smith was there. Alshon Jeffrey was there. Uh, Zach Ertz, Darren Sproles, all those pass catchers there. He goes to Buffalo that suddenly needs pass catchers. No Sammy Watkins now. They just signed Anquan Bolden. Zay Jones is a rookie. How does his value change? How are you looking at Jordan Matthews from a uh, drafting standpoint now? 
Yeah, I was not high on Jordan Matthews going into uh, the season because of the situation in Philly, but he's catching a break here. The situation, though, is that the fact that he needs to come in and learn the system really quickly, develop quick chemistry with Tyrod Taylor, and if he does, he has the opportunity to at least try to become the number one wide receiver on that team. I think Anquan Bolden is going to catch more passes because of this, and Zay Jones is going to have more of an immediate impact. But it's a it's a much better situation for Jordan Matthews, especially on down the road there. Uh, that's provided that Tyrod Taylor stays on the straight and narrow and, and continues to develop. And for anybody who uh, wants to know, Mike Nazarick knows what he's talking about. Case in point, another main event league title for you in the FFPC last year. Mike, congrats on the back-to-back league championships. Have you, did you find yourself, um, you know, looking back in these last two years, did you employ a similar team management and draft strategy uh, these, these two years that have been so successful for you in the main event? Uh, basically, we have. Uh, you know, I, I do. Have, I do have a, uh, a you know, co-manager on this event. Dr. Gil Bovar has been my long-term uh, friend, and, uh, and and I tell you, we we seem to balance out things uh, a lot. He he wants to jump on the latest bandwagon craze, all the rookies and such, and I I tend to maybe hang on to a little bit of the veterans a little bit, but I think we balance each other out. But I think the key, especially the last couple of years, is that we've hit on. Uh, the, the right number three running back last year, particularly in Melvin Gordon, and a couple of years ago, our number three was Devonta Freeman. I'm telling you, you get guys like this, and it's fantasy gold because they, they just spring right to the top. You can plug them in as your number three. And, of course, you know, in the dual flex system, uh, if you've got pretty good tight ends, too, and we all seem to draft uh, the right tight end at the right time, a couple in the first seven or eight rounds, uh, you know, and everybody stays healthy, then you can have a success in this event. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that he's done so well in the yeah. event. And then on top of that, now I have to ask you a question about pros versus Joes. You won another league title on that, and you this is your second straight third-place finish overall. I didn't even know third that. Third-place overall uh, overall finish was Mike Nazarick the last two years. That is, I mean, it's impressive, super impressive. You're Out of seven, 72 teams, I should yep. say, too. Yeah. Beating pros, beating Joes. How have you been so successful beating uh, these tough drafters, in, your, in not only in your league but in the overall format? Well, the last couple of years I've made a point uh, to – Project, do my projections and my analysis before the draft, I mean, significantly before the draft. Uh, you know, uh, I know we draft early in late July and all. And, and just, uh, you know, particular target certain uh, receivers and, and, and running backs late. And go. I, I went heavy last year on the Green Bay Packers wide receivers, and that, that really helped out. I drafted Devonta Adams, I think, around – I don't know what it was, a 23-24. And Ty Montgomery was one of my last picks just to, just to say, well, maybe if Devontae doesn't pan out, maybe Ty will. Little did I know, of course, that Ty Montgomery become the starting running back for the Packers, and both these guys were major, major contributors to my team's success down the road. It's all about getting that pockets, those pockets of fantasy goodness, and certainly the Packers pass catchers were one of those pockets last year. We're talking with Michael Nazarick from Fantasy Football Mastermind, ffmastermind.com. It looks like you've uh, done a pretty good job assembling another very competitive team uh, this year, Mike, and it, and it, was, it was a tough draft that you were in this year because you had – including yourself, you had three of the other uh, league winners last year in the pros versus Joes in one draft. It was you, uh, Kimra Schleicher was in there uh, as well, and we had Jared Smola in your draft, and uh, somebody else I'm forgetting about now too. Uh, I want to say, was it Tim McCullough? might have been Tim McCullough. Uh, all in that same draft. So you had four league winners. It was an extraordinarily tough draft, uh, and it looks like you did a pretty good job. You get Delaney Walker over Eric Ebron at the 5'10 this year, so you decide to go with uh, a tight end at the end of the fifth, why did you take Delaney Walker over the, you know, what a lot of people are saying is going to be a big breakout season for Eric Ebron? Well, Ebron has had a 
he's had problems catching the football here and there. That and the fact that uh, they don't really just target him in the red zone, especially down there. And uh, Delaney Walker has just always been a favorite uh, of mine personally, but just because he's always been a big, huge uh, part of the uh, offense of the Titans. And, and Marcus Mario just loves to throw to him. Uh, and, of course, a couple of years ago, they were always down late, uh, and they were just throwing and throwing and throwing. And <laughs> Delaney Walker was catching all kinds of passes and all. I, I just think that it's going to continue this. I know they, uh, they improved the, the – the wide receiver core, especially with uh, Corey Davis, the rookie, and, and uh, Eric Decker there. But I, I still think that uh, Delaney Walker is one of the better, better tight, tight ends in the league. And, you know, I, he's not in my top three, but he's certainly in my top five or six. Uh, I'm not even sure if Ebron's in my top ten right off the top of my head. Uh, I just prefer Walker in that situation. And then talking about tight ends, you decided to back him up with Vernon Davis in the 13th round. Davis normally has an ADP like in the 16th, 17th area. So are you really worried about Jordan Reed and his big toe, that it's more of a problem than Washington? I actually don't know if it's his big toe. One of his toes. One of his toes, yeah. Well, the, the value that came when, when he slid to me, and I, 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 ha, I had to take him there. But, of course, then I said, oh, well, I've got to end up getting Vernon Davis here. And, uh, you know, I took him a few rounds earlier, but still like the 13th round. And I remember uh, uh, one, of, one of the guys in the draft also said, uh, oh, uh, you snaked me there. He, I think he was gonna, uh, planning on uh, grabbing Vernon Davis with his next pick, so I guess I got him at the right time. That's the value of the chat room sometimes. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm concerned about it. Uh, but the bottom line here is that Vernon Davis is almost as quite as good, almost as good as uh, Jordan Reed, and he's not as dynamic and all, but they like to use him too. So, uh, you know, I, I, I've got other tight ends on the, on the team there, uh, and I'm not too concerned that if Jordan Reed goes down. I think Vernon Davis will fill in uh, fairly good. Yeah, we saw last year when Jordan Reed was out, Vernon Davis stepped up and actually played like he was about 10 years younger than he actually was. So uh, certainly a good flyer pick in a tight end premium format like pros versus Joe's there. Mike, we have, uh, I don't know, roughly 60 seconds before we get to take a quick break. But one thing I want to talk to you about, touching on uh, with uh, Ezekiel Elliott earlier, we know that that uh, he is suspended for six games, and whether he serves that or not, you know, we don't know. But we do know that if he is suspended, if he does miss those first few weeks of the season, Des Bryant is actually probably going to be much more of a focal point of the offense. Are you bumping Des Bryant up in your rankings at all, knowing that Dallas, if they're going to win football games, it's going to have to be through uh, the playmaker, uh, Des Bryant, through the uh, first month of the season? Well, I spent the whole day analyzing the entire team. That's all we've been, do- been doing here. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, the, tell, to tell you the truth, the way the Cowboys use Des Bryant, it's kind of a hit and miss. They, they don't want to run the whole offense through him. They use him, obviously. He's a very talented receiver and all. But, you know, they still do have a, a Darren McFadden there. And we're, we've got to remember that he ran for 1,000 yards a couple of years ago you know, before Zeke was on the, on the scene. And they also have Alfred Morris there, who looked pretty good uh, in the pre- first preseason game last night. So I think uh, they might they might throw a little, little bit more to him early on, but uh, you know not not necessarily enough to bump him up because I've got him near uh, one of my top of my tiers. I think the fourth tier of the wide receiver, and, and you know bumping him up any higher, I I just don't see it. Uh, I I I like him, but there's still going to be some games I think where you're going to get you know two for twenty out of Des Bryant, and it's kind of a frustrating thing. That's why I really don't advocate drafting him as a number one wide receiver on fantasy. Michael Nazarek from ffmastermind.com. We have much more coming up with him. Uh, you are listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolls on on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, Michael Nazarek from ffmastermind.com, at ffmastermind on Twitter. The uh, 
con- consecutive third place overall on the pros versus Joe's uh, finish in the last couple of years um, and uh, dual main event champion over the last uh, couple of years as well. So certainly uh, a uh, heavy resume coming in tonight. Hopefully you are as learning or you all, all are learning as much as we are tonight, Mike. And I want to talk to you about the tight end premium league like the FFPC. How have you typically drafted tight ends in that format over the years? Are, are you usually getting an elite one early? Are you getting two top 10 options, you know, uh, you know, after the, the top elite tier is gone, or are you trying to build your roster with three or four upside options later on? Probably the second option there, because uh, I've, I've been playing in, in the FFPC since the beginning. And in the first three or four years, it was a definitely a learning curve. We tried uh, avoiding the tight end position. I said, no, that's, that's not the way to go. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we had our, uh, what we called our Jim, Jimmy Graham team about three years ago, back when his last year as a Saint, and until he got hurt, uh, we were uh, doing fairly well. But the bottom line is that you put your eggs on one basket, and, of course, anyone that drafted Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski, knows that was not a good idea last year. So I, I actually prefer to grab somebody like uh, – our two teams last year, I believe, had – Greg Olson had uh, we had on one of them, and then uh, the other, the other one um, uh, we kind of waited a little bit longer on a tight end, but then we took a little bit of upside and thought that maybe Jimmy Graham might re- uh, you know rebound uh, and grabbed him, and of course it, it panned out pretty good for both of the t- t- tight ends. But I do try and grab two tight ends probably no later than round eight or nine uh, in the FFPC if at all possible. That point and a half PPR is really important. Um, you know, and, and if one goes down, you got to make sure you've got a, a good backup. So next question is about the Jaguars. They're talking about having a three-way split for carries among Fournette, Ivory, and Yeldon. So I have a two-parter. Maybe it's even a three-parter. So are you buying this, this little split that they're talking about? And how are you handling the Jags running backs in the draft? And then given that, how do you think, how do you compare? This is like a, this is like a college essay. Yeah. Compare and contrast <laughs> Fournette, Delvin, Cook, McCaffrey, and is everybody else you want to throw in the mix, Balky? Mixon. Mixon. Let's throw Mixon in there, too, all four of them. That's a good point because those are all the hot rookies uh, that are being drafted early in the draft. Uh, you know, Fournette, I, I started out a little bit lower. I'm usually conservative with rookie running backs, uh, with the exception of Zeke. He was a special talent. And Fournette may still be special. I just recently moved him up. He looked pretty good in the game uh, last night. Uh, but Chris Ivory is going to be used around the goal line in short yardage situations. And I believe probably they're going to start out with some kind of mix early in week one. But as soon as Fournette breaks off a long run, it's probably going to go by the wayside for the most part. Uh, the problem with Fournette in these drafts is that uh, people are grabbing him in the second round as a number one running back, and uh, I, I, I'm not buying that yet right now. Uh, as for Joe Mixon, I guess one of our questions later on was, be, uh, are you avoiding any certain players early in their draft? And he's kind of it, because I really do think that Jeremy Hill and, and, and Giovanni Bernard are going to uh, share that, that uh that backfield a lot more heavier than maybe Fournette will in Jacksonville. The guy I really like right now is Dalvin Cook, uh, and I just uh, drafted him in one of my leagues as a number two running back, uh, I believe, in the fourth round. Uh, I think in Minnesota, Latavius Murray is more of a plotter. Yes, uh, you know, he's off the pup now. He's practicing. He's probably going to end up used, being used in short yard situations around the goal. He was doing that well in Oakland. But uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, just by the game that he had last night, is dynamic, four catches, 30 yards there. Uh, broke off a couple of decent runs there very early. Uh, he's the coaches love him there. I think he's going to be more of a bell cow there than the other 
to immediately in in uh, in uh, in the system here uh, in Minnesota. And McCaffrey, I like overall. Uh, he's more of a pass catching guy. You know, Jonathan Stewart's still going to be the starter there. Get most of the carries there. Get around the goal line. It's going to be kind of a mix here and there. Uh, but uh, you know, in any kind of situation where you got PPR, McCaffrey's going to have a good value. I'm curious, Mike, and we're talking with Mike Nazarick from uh, ffmastermind.com. Follow him on Twitter at ffmastermind. How do you, when you look at uh, the, the Panthers running backs this year, just give me an idea of who you're more likely to draft between McCaffrey and Stewart. McCaffrey currently going at the 403 in FFPC drafts, and Jonathan Stewart not being selected uh, until the middle of the 11th, the 1105. Which guy are you more likely to draft at their current draft points? More likely probably McCaffrey, but I don't think I'd go that early on him. I'm, I'm, I'm not that hot on him. At that point, I would, I would grab Dalvin Cook in a second. As for Jonathan Stewart, the problem with him is that if he doesn't score, you're looking at probably 60, 70, 70 yards. Uh, he doesn't even average a catch a game, uh, and then he gets hurt too. So, and if he gets hurt, then McCaffrey's basically got you know, everything in the backfield there. So I'm not surprised that he's going real late in these drafts. I mean, I might grab him in the, I don't know, 14th, 15th round or something like that. But I think that there's guy, there are other guys uh, in the league that have more upside at that point at the running back position than Jonathan Stewart. Mike, uh, we got our first look at the uh, Packers backfield, the retooled Packers backfield uh, this past week in the preseason. Gone are Eddie Lacy, James Starks, and uh, Don Jackson. Now we have uh, Ty Montgomery, we have Jamal Williams, we have Devontae Mays, Aaron Jones all back there. Uh, Ty Montgomery obviously is the hot name there since he uh, looks to be the starter right now uh, in Green Bay. He obviously started their first preseason game. Didn't do all that hot. Three carries, no yards, including a fumble. He's still, he, yeah, not great. He is still rising up uh, draft boards right now. In fact, if you look at uh, the FFPC uh, ADP over the last five days. He have ran into a wallet so last night. Well, he, it, yeah, he might have. But over the last five days, he was still going at the 401, and we'll have to see what happens, um, you know, after uh, – there's been um, a couple more days of drafts after this preseason game, but Montgomery going at the 401 right now. Are you going to be selecting him at the end of the third, early fourth at his current price tag uh, right now, Mike? No. Uh, and I say that because, well, not only did I get him really late last year, I got him as a wide receiver, of course, and now he became a running back, but he's not really a running back. He's still learning the position. Jamal Williams has got a lot of talent there, and I wouldn't be surprised at some point fairly early in the season that Jamal kind of takes over that position. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not buying Ty Montgomery right now. Let's get to a couple of emails here uh, for you tonight, Mike, uh, from listeners uh, who uh, wanted to get your expert opinion. Uh, the first one is from Jerry in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, he writes, should Terrence West be one of my targets this year if I go zero RB? Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you for the email, Jerry, in Columbia, South Carolina. So Terrence West right now, Mike, going at the 809 uh, in FFPC drafts. Obviously, if you're going zero RB, you're probably not taking West as your number one running back, but certainly a guy that you could get uh, maybe as your number two or three if you load up on receivers and tight ends early. Is Terrence West a good zero RB target for you this season? I'd probably have to agree with that, although uh, you're talking to a former stud running back believer, and, you know, it's kind of come, come back in vogue here. I'm drafting, I'm finding myself drafting more two, uh, two running backs in the first two or three rounds uh, in all these drafts. But if I were to, to go zero running back, yeah, definitely Ter Terrence West would be on my list, probably as the number two or number three there, only, only because, uh, you know, Kenneth Dixon's out for, out for the year there. Uh, Buck Allen hasn't really done much. Uh, the coaches like Terrence Williams. Uh, you know, he played last night. He, uh, he scored. 
so uh, you know they they like him there. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about Joe Flacco's back. But, uh, you know, uh, Terrence West probably going to see the majority of the touches there, and he's going to catch some passes too. Although, of course, Danny Woodhead is going to catch the majority of the passes. But we're talking eighth or ninth round here. Uh, probably Terrence value is pretty good value at that point in the draft. I'm curious, Mike, because you have been uh, on the show. You've, you've championed the, you know, getting those stud uh, running backs early, and, and it's definitely, obviously, it's worked out for you. You know, you look at what you've done in the main event over the last few years. You look at what you've done in pros versus Joes, and certainly with the running back revival that we're seeing this year, uh, there are fewer teams going uh, zero RB. I'm just curious if you've ever tried, like, implemented that strategy in the FFPC or, or any, you know, expert leagues you've been in, in and how it's worked out for you, because we haven't heard you talk a whole lot about that strategy and I, I don't think that you're a huge believer in it no I, I am not a believer in it I think that I think I have gone wide receiver wide receiver uh, and then running back um, I can't remember a time when I actually went uh, like wide receiver tight end wide receiver tight end and, and then running back at I just always like to have that sure thing at, at running back. And uh, I remember last year uh, uh, my co-manager, Gil, and I were discussing. We had, I think, the, the, the third or fourth pick there. Uh, and, and, of course, the, 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 the first two, a couple of picks were all wide receivers, uh, Antonio Brown, OBJ, and such. And it got to the point of the draft, and I'm like, uh, what are we going to do here? Down to Hopkins, I'm not quite sure about that, or David Johnson. And I said, come on, what, what are we doing here? We've got to grab David Johnson. You know, I know he's only done this for less than a season. But I, I, yeah, I had to say situation probably about three expert leagues and then of course uh in in the one main event team uh the other one we weren't in a position to grab him and uh grab dave johnson across the board all but in one and in one in the expert i i took des bryant and it was like the eighth or ninth pick of the first round and I, of course i regretted it that team uh, ended up something like five and nine i made the playoffs and with every other team that i had david johnson on and uh you know i i it's it's not a mistake you know i mean uh, these guys are on the field they're special he's a special player and and fortunately you've got guys now there's a there's a larger group than there has been in the last year or two of good solid running backs that are healthy and are not suspended outside of Ezekiel Elliott now you got to take him off the list but uh but uh, yeah if if these guys slide to you in the second round and all I don't have a problem especially if you're drafting late in the first round going running back running back I think it's uh you know it can be a winning strategy yeah, and I think, I think about some of those uh, running backs in FFPC drafts that are going uh, that, you know, at that turn, you think of Devontae Freeman, you think of Melvin Gordon, and I think once, if Jay Ajayi shows that he is over this concussion as we get in, uh, you know, later in the preseason, I think he's going to creep back up from the, you know, mid to late second round back up to that early second round area where he was before. So I, I, there, there definitely is a trio of running backs there. And don't forget about Jordan Howard and Todd Gurley who are hanging out right there too. So if you want to go running back early in your drafts, Dave, uh, at, the, at the end of that first round, it's certainly uh, definitely a way to go with, uh, with those running backs there. How do you see yourself, uh, Dave Gerzak, Dizzle, uh, treating a late first round pick this year? Um, it just depends on who's there, but you know what? I might actually go zero RB in some drafts because I think that the pendulum is swinging a little bit far back towards the running backs a little bit. So I the, might the anti anti kind of, yeah, yeah I might year. do that, but yeah. it, it, it depends on who's there. I mean, there's, I'm sure there'll be, you know, what I've traditionally done is gone running back wide receiver or vice versa and just left myself open and flexible in the third and fourth rounds. I, don't, I mean, not always, but it just a lot of times it works out that way. A lot of my favorite teams have worked out and my teams that have done the best have been, where you're kind of splitting between the two positions. 
Uh, that is uh, excellent analysis from the Dizzle, even better analysis from Michael Nazarek and just me hanging out, talking to the two geniuses. We have much more uh, coming up right after this. We've got to get to a break. You are listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, and Michael Nazarek right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolls on here with Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, and the FF mastermind, Michael Nazarek, hanging out with us tonight on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dave, you have a point you'd like to make. Well, Mike. Well, let me ask you a question. I've always called you Mike Nazareth. You've yeah. used that for so long. Have you decided to you know, grow up? Your wife's like, yeah, you know, it's time to grow up. We're going to use your full name now. <laughs> well, let's see. My, my, my mother used to call me Michael when I was a little kid, and that usually had a negative <laughs> connotation. You know, Michael, you know. So I, I, I'm, 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 cool. I'm cool with, any, with either, either version, Mike or Michael. Okay. Like I was, and people may know this, but – I've switched my signature on my emails to David A. Gerzak. We talked about this on the show before. We did talk yeah. on the show before. Yeah. I'm telling, telling Michael this now. Yeah. To use your full name, makes you, they say it makes you seem smarter. So I, I use the full name so people, you know, and you, you know, it's funny. People are more respectful, I think, when they respond to my emails. Oh, David, yes. Oh, sure, we'll take care of I think it's you. because they think you're British. Because, like, if you say Dave, oh, he's an American, yeah. you know. Like, oh, David. It's not Dave Beckham. It's David Beckham, you know. Respect. Respect, indeed. Yeah, I mean, you know, it wasn't King Dave in the Bible. Exactly. That's I mean, not, it's not Dave. Yeah. It's, and, I, I mean, there are – it's Super Dave Osborne. Who shows that guy respect? Oh, no one. Super Dave was on – we've been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Super Dave is so great. Anyway, sorry. He is, he is sorry, fan- Michael. He is fantastic. Let's get to another email here for you, uh, Mike. And I, I, it's interesting that your uh, previous answer on, on how you treat – you know, when we were talking about Zero RB and how you've – You've, uh, you know, assembled your teams early on. This kind of dovetails uh, nicely into this question from Chris in Miami, Florida. He writes, hey, mastermind, if the value ever dictated it, would you ever consider starting off an FFPC draft with four straight running backs or four running backs in your first five picks? Thank you for the email, Chris in Miami. And for anybody who is not familiar, uh, you, you start in the FFPC, a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end kicker defense, and then two flexes. So if you want to start four receivers, you could. If you want to start three tight ends, you could. If you wanted to start four running backs, you could as well. Uh, the robust running back strategy, I believe, is uh, how Matt Friedman uh, at Matt F. The Oracle on Twitter uh, from Rotoviz, he coined it. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious, Mike, knowing your, your penchant for those stud running backs early, have you ever considered or have you ever started off a draft with four running backs in the first five rounds? Well, back in the day, and we're talking back in the 90s when the stud running backs were, you know, galore, and we had a list of like at least 20 of them in the league, and people were like, what's our BBC? And they, <laughs> of course, I would, I would draft three or four straight running backs, uh, and it got me a lot of titles. But uh, the advent of PPR uh, changed a lot of that. And, of course, in the FFPC, it's point .5 uh, for, for a PPR for tight ends. So, um, it's it, wow. It would, it would be, it would have to be a unique situation where a certain player really slid to me in the third round. I can see going running back, running back. In fact, that's what I did the first uh, two uh, for pros versus Joseph with the 10th pick. I went Melvin Gordon and Devonta Freeman. Uh, but but the next two picks, you know, I was looking at uh, a wide receiver and uh, either wide receiver or tight end. Uh, I, I just, um, you know, it's it's very tough to do that um, because I think you're giving up so much uh, so much at the at, at value at the wide receiver position that they, I always like to have at least one guy that's uh, consistently going to produce 
at the at, at the wide receiver position in addition to you know having guys at the running back position uh and and it, if you go something like that also you're almost you're, you're avoiding the tight ends completely the top you know five six seven uh tight ends if you especially if you go ru- uh, running back uh four straight four and then you're in the fifth round and if you're in a late uh if you've got a late draft pick you're you're talking five ten five eleven i mean what kind of run, what kind of wide receivers and 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 tight ends are left there for to be your number one at that position? I I don't think that that's uh, under your current current scoring system. I don't think that's wise to do. Yeah, it's, it'd be tough for me to do that. I, I, you make a great point, Mike, because your running backs would be such a strength on your team, but you you can't take a tight end until you know round five or round six. Uh, which actually it could work out if you wanted to have two tight ends by the end of round nine or round eight or round nine. But then receiver, man, you've got to hit on those receivers because if you miss on those receivers, you are going to be you know, plugging in some pretty subpar options week after week uh, into your lineup. So it's, it's, it's got to be, like you said, a perfect storm uh, for, mm-hmm. of, of value for, for you to do that. Dave, go ahead. All right, this is one of our favorite questions as we come close to the end of the interview. Who is an early round uh, pick that you will not have on any of your teams this year and a late round sleeper that you were trying to target in all of your leagues? Well, I've already mentioned the first one is Joe Mixon because he's just going too darn early. People are grabbing him in, either uh, in the second or even third round uh, of these drafts. Uh, I think there's more of an RBBC there. I, I like the kid. He's talented and all, but uh, Jeremy Hill is very good at the goal line there. And then Giovanni Bernard has looked good in camp. Uh, so I, I just think he's it's, it's, he's overrated right there. Uh, late, um, late, uh, kind of a little bit later in the draft, not near the very end, but uh, we talked about Ty Montgomery. And I'm not, not sold on him. I like Jamal Williams. I've been trying to grab him as my four or five running back there. Uh, I think there's good value and a good potential upside there. At wide receiver, I think uh, Devin Funches, you know, he, he was hyped so much last year, didn't do much, uh, you know, and, and, well, Ted Ginn's not there anymore, and Brenton Burnson, come on, you know. So uh, Funches is starting uh, opposite uh, Kelvin Benjamin, uh, who looked good the other night. And, uh, but I think that Funches has, has, a, has a chance there to make a, a, a pretty good impact as a, as a receiver there, starting receiver for the Panthers. Um, you know, if you can get him in around 17, 18, 19, you know, um, it, I think it's good value. Uh, he's, again, I, I don't know why I get confused because I was all over Funches. This is his third year, Balky? What are you, is it third? Yeah, I believe So it's so funny year. because yeah. he was such a young player coming out of Michigan, and we were, like, expecting a second-year breakout, which is kind of foolish. I think we did, actually, last year we did talk about it a little bit, like, Maybe we were saying, like, oh, you know, don't expect it really the second year because he's so young still. Yeah, I mean, he's younger than, than some of the rookies that, that came into the league this year. Right. Um, he's Calvin's size. He's big. And remember, when he was in college, too, he was playing a lot of tight end at Michigan. He wasn't exclusively at receiver. And when you're transitioning from college to the pros, it's hard enough when you're staying at the same position. But when he was so used to playing so much tight end for Michigan and then he tried to be a full-time receiver in the pros, it's very, very difficult to make that transition. I'm with you, Mike. This is a guy that I'm looking at late. He is going at the 16-02 in drafts right now. He has, actually has risen a little bit. Um, if you were to you know, talk about Devin Funches, um, you know, three weeks ago, he was probably going in the 19th, 20th rounds or, or sometimes not at all. He is on the radar right now, and, and certainly you can uh, do a lot worse than spending a, a pick on Funches, a guy who has a lot of upside there. So uh, I, am, uh, I am totally with you uh, on that, uh, on that uh, sleeper. Hey, Mike, for anybody who is uh, not familiar with uh, ffmastermind.com, they haven't subscribed, they wanna, they're thinking about subscribing, tell them, um, in addition to all the, the you know, your, um, your history, your, your resume of winning these high-stakes leagues, 
doing so good in pros versus Joe's. Yeah, do you help other people do well? Yeah, I, you obviously uh, <laughs> are willing to let other people in on the info that you have. Tell everybody about ffmastermind.com. Well, we've been on the, I can't believe we've been on the lead the 22 years. Uh, uh, one of the uh, few few sites have been around that long. Uh, I do this full-time. Uh, I really put a lot of work and effort into uh, developing the projections and, and also uh, considering the different draft strategies for all these different types of leagues, PPR, non-PPR, uh, dynasty, uh, you know, quarterback heavy and such. Uh, you know, we, we have the traditional draft guide, and we're updating it every week. And, and it, it, I did a rankings update, of course, today because of all the news that happened. We just finished the update uh, yesterday, last night. Uh, you know, I think what also separates us from a lot of people is that um, a, vast, a lot of my subscribers actually uh, know me. They, they, they call me, they, they email me or whatnot, and I'm not going to ignore them. We don't have 20 or 30,000 subscribers. We've got a few thousand. Uh, most people are very loyal, been with us, you know, five, ten years. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll help them. I, I send them an email. You know, I'm, I'm here for an experienced uh, opinion. Uh, you know, I want to help them win. Uh, you know, we do the weekly newsletter during the season. I've got a podcast that I do, of course, every Tuesday night. It's only half hour, but uh, you know, uh, we have fun with that. Uh, you know, and, and the other thing I wanted to mention uh, is that we just redid our website, which is brand new website, new server, uh, A plus security on it. Uh, you know, it's totally responsive now to smartphones, uh, tablets, iPads. Uh, you can go on it on your phone, and uh, you know it'll it'll shrink down to one column. You can log in and check out all the premium uh, information on your phone and all. So you know I'm doing what I can, of course, to get the millennial business out there. Uh, but uh, a lot of my customers are a little bit older, like I, like myself. I can't believe it. I started the website when I was 29 or 30. I'm 51 now, 22 years later. Uh, you know, but it's 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 great to do uh, what I do for a living and have fun a fun time with it. And before I go here, I do want to let you guys uh, know that I'm offering a special discount. Anyone that hears this, okay, Super Bowl package is all of our services. That's the, the, the guide, the updated rankings, the, the emails, the injury updates, the, the weekly newsletters, and our drafting software. It's normally $56.95 on the site. And uh, if you use the discount code FFPC7, the number 7, you can get 7 bucks off. That will bring it down below 50 bucks for you. It's 12% off. You know, it's the least I could do for for you uh, and your listeners there. Uh, you know, I I've been playing in the FFPC since the inception of your event. I love the event. It's the only high stakes fantasy contest that I play in. I play in your satellite leagues. I play multiple teams in the main event. You know, we have a great time. I live right here in the Vegas area, so we always come down and and draft a live team. Uh, you know, in 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 the ballroom and everything, and come for the viewing party and all. Have a blast. Uh, I've been meeting more of my subscribers lately at these events. Uh, you know, it's it's like a big family. You know, I mean, this is this is personal. This is my life. This is what I do for a living. I love what I'm doing. I'm fortunate, very fortunate, I'm able to do that. Uh, you know, I just want to give back to uh, you know the people that helped me and enabled me to do that. And you know, just come to ffmastermind.com. Check it out. That was, a, it was an amazing testimonial. FFPC7 is the discount code. You get seven bucks off. By the way, so speaking of giving back, you're a lifetime veteran. We're giving you, you spent, I mean, I know you've won a few teams, but you spent some money with us. We're giving back to you and Gil. Is Gil going to be there as well? Uh, yes, he is. He always comes in, so, uh, you know, okay. stays in my guest room here, and we can come on down for the, for the draft. We'll be there for the viewing party and then for the draft Friday night and drafting online Saturday. And we're, we're drafting a couple of satellites right before the event, and we're really excited. So we're giving back to you all the money you spent over the years. 
We're giving only for people who have played for all 10 years. We're giving you a free T-shirt. Ah, there you go, Mike. You're welcome. <laughs> we spent $9 on it. It's a 10-year veteran or some crap, but hope you enjoy it. Use it to wax your car if you don't like it. Mike, listen, uh, thanks so much for, uh, for hanging out with us tonight. We certainly appreciate it. Follow you on uh, Twitter at FFMastermind, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. You know, the wife loves T-shirts, so uh, she's going to be wearing that. You know, we, we've got a, a couple of sweatshirts. She wears the sweatshirts all the time. We go to the store and everything. People ask, what's FFPZ? I say, hey, it's the best high stakes of the league around if you play fantasy. <laughs> awesome. Mike Nazarek from FFMastermind.com. Mike, be good. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, take care, guys. Michael Nazarick on uh, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Michael Nazarick. Michael Nazarick. Right, I like we'll be, love it. Yes. I respect him so much more now. Good. I'm glad. And we'll be right back after this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. HSFF Hour rolls on here. A mid-August episode. It is coming up on High Stakes Draft Time. Well, it has been High Stakes Draft Time for some time now since uh, we launched the Football Guys Players Championship in early June. Leagues going off there every single day. Of course, satellites, live dynasties, uh, much more best balls. Uh, 100% payout uh, uh, best balls uh, available at myffpc.com. Of course, the main event coming up. If you have not gotten your discounted room at Planet Hollywood, we certainly encourage you to get that. Go to myffpc.com. All the details on there. Contact our live events host, Greg Sidoris, uh, LVCH777 at AOL.com. He'll get you the code. He'll get you hooked up, and he'll save you some money. You know, I talked to Greg uh, this week. Greg has a good radio voice. Greg Sidoris? Yeah. Yeah, he does. You know what I'm talking to? Yeah. Hey, it's Greg Sidoris. Yeah. I'm like... Why, why, what's with the porno voice, Greg? This is how I normally talk. Yeah, Las Vegas casino host, man. Oh, that's great. Just, that's, uh, he could just talk in those sultry tones for days. Yeah, he definitely could. And actually, he sometimes does ramble on a bit. Dave, put your pants back on. <laughs> this is ridiculous. He, he talks a bit. It's a professional show here tonight. <laughs> So a lot of great stuff there before the break from Michael Nazarick from FFMastermind.com. I want to remind everybody to go to FFMastermind.com. Use the discount code FFPC7 so you can get that discounted rate on his Super Bowl package. Uh, and for sure, check out the FF Mastermind Quick Bits app, which is free in the uh, App Store for both uh, oh, really? Android, yes, Android and, uh, and your iOS uh, yeah. service. I'm going to do that right now while you're talking. Do it. FF Mastermind on Twitter. And the podcast comes out every Tuesday, usually uh, Mike and Chris Rito, another writer for ffmastermind.com. That is blogtalkradio.com slash fantasy underscore football underscore mastermind. You can also get it in the uh, iTunes uh, podcast store as well. So a lot of great stuff there. It is the definitive fantasy football information service, ffmastermind.com. We uh, are not not through. We, that was just our first guest tonight. We're very excited to have Michael Nazarick on. Coming up later on, we have Farrell Elliott. We have Alex Kaganowski from the FFPC co-founder uh, going to uh, talk about his prop bets that he made in Las Vegas as he was, uh, wasn't a location scout, uh, but he would, went out to Vegas this week for get some stuff ready for the live event, make sure that when all the players are coming out there, uh, you guys will be ready to go. You won't have to deal with any nonsense. All that. It's yeah. amazing. He does a great job. Does a great job for sure. Farrell Elliott doing a great job with the KFFSC. Uh, we have... Uh, not very much further, and we'll be in Louisville drafting our teams there. Uh, we have our Kentucky preview show coming up uh, at the uh, at next Friday, a week from today, so which then, you will not be on. But right, uh, So then the following week, then, we're, are we broadcasting live in Kentucky? Broadcasting live at the Horseshoe Casino in Louisville, Kentucky, and that will be our uh, final, quote-unquote, final live episode. Before. Oh, so I'm going to miss the penultimate episode. You will miss the, the, in classic Gerzak <laughs> fashion, you will miss the penultimate <laughs> episode of the high stakes fantasy so, football hour. I keep interrupting you, but so that will, um, 
So what time is that one going to be at? How long is it? Yeah, it's it's going to be our our normal you know two hour show uh, that we do with the commercials. If you're listening live, it'll just be 90 minutes. Um, but we will be starting that one, I believe, at uh, five thirty. Think about this here. No, six thirty Eastern time. Right. So six thirty Eastern. We're we'll central, start. so it's really tough for us to add the hour. Yeah. So figure that. I mean, it's just the. I was math. told there would be no math. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that'll be that's coming up too. Uh, a couple of things I want to touch on with uh, what Michael Nazarick was talking to us about. He likes to get those two tight ends um, in the FFPC yeah, that's, that's nice. by the end of the eighth or ninth round. And I feel like, you know, I did I actually did my first tight end premium league this year that, yeah. I, that I'm actually in. And that's sort of what I tried to do as well. I think I had two tight ends. You feel pretty good about your team then. Probably, yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I, you always do. I, uh, I got Jimmy Graham in the fifth and then I, I took uh, Austin Hooper in the ninth. You know, tight, I end say, premium? tight end premium at 502. So, I mean, it was kind of like. That's pretty, dude. He's still, going in the third good. round. You, the, now, the, the thing is you have to start three receivers receivers in this league so a lot of there was a lot of people after the receivers uh, right, so, gotcha. uh, and then my third one I, I got AJ Derby real late who I, I really like uh, this year mm-hmm. as well AJ Derby Denver <laughs> until uh, Jake Butt uh, recovers from his ACL and then Jake he'll be Butt, he's not doing anything this year uh, and then uh, great idea target the Packers pass catchers uh, you, you know and it worked out for him last year I think you, you look for these pockets of fantasy goodness uh, goodness you hear Wayne Ellis talk about it all the time um, we'll hear him talk about it in Kentucky. You know, you identify those pockets, especially in DE formats like the pros versus Joes. You definitely will be well on your way to uh, hopefully doing very well in your drafts. Uh, we got to get to uh, a break as we close to the uh, top of the hour here. When we come back, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner Farrell Elliott going to talk about news and emails. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak right here on the HSFF Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome into our number two of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I am Eric Balkman at Eric Balkman on Twitter. He is Dave Gerzak at The Dizzle on Twitter. I'm just kidding. He's at David Gerzak on Twitter. He should be at The Dizzle on Twitter. We are the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Had a great first hour uh, this week with Michael Nazarick coming on talking uh, about everything FF Mastermind has to offer. Use that discount code FFPC7 so you can get his discounted Super Bowl package just exclusively for high-stakes fantasy football listeners and FFPC players. You got some good stuff in there, really well, good. Yeah, so and definitely go back and listen to that um, You know, on any of the, the streams that we have available. I'm not going to repeat them all. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you'll probably find the high-stakes fantasy you. football hour. Uh, so great stuff there. And we have Farrell Elliott coming up in a little bit uh, to uh, talk about all the goings-on that we had today. In the NFL, Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended for six games. Jordan Matthews traded to the uh, uh, Buffalo Bills. And uh, Sammy Watkins shipped to L.A. Uh, he's, he will be playing for the Rams this year. Dave, I, I didn't get your take uh, on the, uh, the Watkins, you know, because we, we, we were working at the office today. I was shocked that, the Watkins, uh, that Watkins was traded to the Rams. You didn't seem all – I mean, you, you were certainly surprised. But for you, I, I don't think that uh, you were all that shocked. Does that mean that you don't view his fantasy value changing much? You know, I do, actually, because I think – I don't believe in – okay, there's probably like a 70% chance Jared Goff's going to suck this year, which means there's a 70% chance Watkins is going to suck this year. So then if you get the 30% that he's not, that Goff's going to be somewhat productive, now you still have the 40% chance that Watkins will get hurt. So you have probably an 18% chance yeah. that Watkins will be pretty good. There's just Speaking there's, of the math. There's 30 a, times 0. 0.6, three times, you know, 3 times 0.6, 18%. There's a lot of variables there. Somebody, I was talking to one of my friends today, and, and he, he knows I, I, I like Tyrod Taylor. I draft Tyrod Taylor a lot. And, he's, and I, you know, I talked to him last week about it, and I said how I, I liked uh, Tyrod Taylor this year. And then he emailed me again today. He said, hey, 
you still like Taylor? And the simple short answer is, yeah, I still do like Taylor because you look at what he did even without Watkins last year, he was still putting up numbers. He still puts up numbers with his legs. I mean, that's, you know, quasi-receiver independent, no matter who's out there. I, I like, I've always liked Jordan Matthews for, for the value that he offers. And this guy catches 60 balls every single year. And the fact that he's going so late today, we, we didn't talk about this when we were talking about to, uh, to Mike Nazarick before, but in the Football Guys Players Championship draft, one of the drafts that went off today after all this happened, you had Watkins going in the early fifth, Ezekiel Elliott slipped to the 111, and um, uh, Jordan, Jordan Matthews didn't go until the 10-10. And he was going at the 11.04 before this. I still think that's really good value for so, Jordan Matthews. So Elliot went at the 111 still? Yes. Uh, well, someone posted in the chat room. I think it was uh, Wayne Ellis said two, 204 is where he 204, was. 204, yep, yep. Wayne that's said pretty that. early still. Dude, that's really pretty early well, for Elliot. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, like, if you miss out on McFadden or you miss out on, on Morris or whoever, you've got to get some running back okay, to plug so in there for the first month. That's true. I mean, you know, Jeff with Rogers is a, is a good candidate for that. But, I mean, like, McFadden just not pr- – he's – yeah, you don't I, like McFadden. I don't like McFadden. Yeah. He's just not productive. Anytime he gets a chance, ever since, I don't even know when. I mean, it's been forever. He's just not good. Yeah. You put him in there, and he, and he sucks. He had that one really good year, didn't he? Yeah, he had a good year. And I remember Kimber took him at like the seven or eight pick yeah. that one, the, the year after. And I mean, she may have taken him the year before, and it didn't work out for her. But I remember, I'm like, wow, you're really liking McFadden. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and then he just didn't, hasn't done anything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you're rolling the dice. Hate him. Offensive line in Dallas, too. Don't, yeah, don't, the offensive don't, line is fantastic. It, yeah, but it's not, I don't think it's as good as it was last year. It's true. They lost two starters. Something to keep in mind. Uh, we have to uh, get to a break. When we come back, I promise you, Farrell Elliott, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner, will come on and wow us all on the HSFF Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are listening to me, Eric Balkman, and uh, him, Dave Gerzak, uh, here. And we want to bring in, excuse me, we want to bring in our, our next guest uh, here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He is a longtime NFL player agent that also represents musicians like Frederick the Younger, the Quiet Hollers, Kristen Diablo, and much, much more. He is also the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy uh, Football State Championship, an event in its 16th year that has expanded to other states and countries and is taking registrations for both online drafts and live drafts in Cincinnati and Louisville. You hear him on the Kentucky Fantasy Football podcast that he hosts with KFFSC player Rob Fetcher, and you know him as the unofficial third host of this show my pleasure to welcome back into the high stakes fantasy football hour commissioner (laughs) farrell elliott welcome back to the show man i I, I may be the unofficial hey buddy how are you dave i I may be the unofficial host but i am the i am the intimidated guest tonight first you you got me following some guy called the mastermind and i i understand the gentleman alex from new york is coming up and dave's in the studio what 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 in the world can i tell you about balky I'm just telling you, Farrell, that's all true, but everybody came to listen to you tonight, that's, uh, and that's no joke. I, uh, I, I want to, before we get into it with you tonight, Cincinnati, I believe, is full, but online uh, main events still open, and obviously the Louisville main event still wide open, right? Online main events still open since I learned how to, uh, since I finally went, broke down and bought a laptop, we might be able to sell some a little quicker. But uh, right now, we're still online. Uh, we still have openings. Sunday night is sold out, but uh, we have nine other online main events to go. Yeah, it's Cincinnati 60 drafters. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, we still have openings uh, live in Louisville, if anyone would like to 
make a last-minute decision to make the trip down here. We've still got another week to register, and I was at the casino today uh, working with the girls, guys. We've got a few surprises for you uh, this year. So, yeah, I'm ready for uh, Team Wisconsin to make the drive south that I just made. Yeah, it was awesome, Farrell. We got to see you this past weekend for the uh, Mile of Music here in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin. Had a lot of your acts up here. I took them in. They were great, as always. Uh, great to see you. And, of course, uh, Jesse Bumstead was up here as well. Awesome to see him. It's, it's very exciting that, that, you know, in one essentially one month out of the year, uh, it's the only time we get to see each other. You come up and visit us in Appleton. We come down and visit you in Louisville, and then we all meet out in Vegas uh, in September. Well, those are our officials, and we're going to have to have some unofficials, too. Remember, we tried to have an unofficial for a Packer game this last year, and it just didn't work out. But I do have video of you dancing in a snowstorm, so I was glad you guys made that game. <laughs> yeah, Farrell, you couldn't be there, but it was a it was a great time for sure, as uh, my dancing can attest to. Uh, let's get into uh, uh, the, some um, some news that obviously we we got talking it. about more fans. Yeah, we we want to get to talk. We, there's plenty of news to get into, and oh, Farrell, I got to get your opinion on on the big stuff uh, that happened today, right up at the top. We talked about Ezekiel Elliott being suspended for six games. How are you treating him in your drafts right now? What's the proper spot to take Elliott, or are you avoiding him entirely? Well, the proper spot, I think, is much later, fourth round. You know, we've uh, uh, Kimra won a big league last year uh, when uh, uh, Bell fell to her in the third, and Bell missed how many games? Was it two, three? Uh, and and two. so, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to be. Uh, yeah, and there's naturally a huge drop-off, you know, uh, behind this player in Dallas, and it just affects everything going on with the Cowboys. You know, it's there's no great legal issues here. I've talked to three attorneys, two of them player agents today, endless conversations. One of them I couldn't get off the phone, and, and I didn't know any more than when they called me. You know, it's just, just <laughs> it's uh, the commissioner – the commissioner is uh, deciding to protect the shield, and it's uh, – I will say this. I talked to an agent that was out with some of his clients uh, in Thousand Oaks with the Cowboys, and, uh, you know, Ezekiel was, was just – you know, he was down. He was quiet. He was very reserved. This, is, this has been a real weight on him. Now the decision's made. Uh, they'll fight it, they'll appeal it, but there's no clear appeal process. You know, you appeal to the commissioner who's already made the decision. So uh, we'll see what path. Uh, I'm just going to miss him. I think he's a wonderful player. I think Dallas is an exciting team. I don't want to see this player sitting on the sidelines for uh, for six weeks, and I wish we could find uh, some other way to, to deal with uh, uh, players and their – and the conduct detrimental to the league. And, you know, what breaks an agent's heart is, uh, gosh, he's suspended without pay. Yeah, well, I mean, for no, sure, for you, he's got to kill you. You've got to get out the violin, Dave. That affects your wallet. You know, honestly, you know, the funny thing is, is like, I feel like the agent should still get paid, like, even if the player is an idiot. Right? Yeah, like, he, they're, 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 the, the agent committed no crime, or, or maybe Well, Elliot you're in partnership, either, you know, you're in partnership with the player, guys, so, you know, that's, that's how maybe that the, goes. What, I mean, what do you think, like, if Elliot would wear a sandwich board around that just said, I beat my woman? Well, we like, don't want that. You know, not, something yeah, like that, like, like Bruce Wilson, yeah, one of those diamonds. Well, you know, he would rather... He would. He would <laughs> yeah, rather I'm do sure that. He would. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. I'm a complete moron. I'm a complete moron. 
Farrell, I think the important thing to take away from this is, is you are a player agent, and obviously you know, much more on the inside than, than either Dave or I is, or Dave or me is. But the thing that we take away from this is, listen, he's been suspended six games. The NFL is capable of anything. They could reduce suspension by one game, two games, all of it, none of it. I mean, we have no idea. There's no real insight to glean. Exactly. And, and, and it's probably a fool's errand trying to project, you know, what, what, how the suspension could change over the next couple of weeks. It is, and you know, I had dynasty dynasty guys that started texting me immediately, telling me they have both backups. They have the other backup. I said, "Fellas, I don't know if those backups are going to do you any good. I don't even know if those guys are going to be the guy that plays if and when he's gone." So yeah, yeah, yeah speculation it, it all is. But if, if Dallas starts the season without him, um, it, it makes it very interesting on what the quarterback's going to have to do. Uh, to make that team win. And that game that we've been looking forward to all year long, uh, the Giants and the Cowboys to start the season begins to look very different. Yeah, definitely. It definitely does. We'll have to uh, – hey, that'll be something to pay attention to uh, as far as week one fantasy goes too. Farrell, big news out of Dallas we already talked about. There was also big news out of Buffalo today as Buffalo has shipped Sammy Watkins to the Rams and uh, Jordan Matthews comes from Philadelphia to Buffalo. Talk a little bit about um, you know, just your, your immediate reaction to how Watkins and Matthews' value changes uh, with their new teams. You know, there was no passion for Watkins for him to stay in Buffalo. Nobody was pushing towards a deal. Uh, he brings a, a different – I just don't know what we've seen from that quarterback. Uh, fantasy players are, are riding him off. And I really – you know, the maturation product, uh, project and projections of this quarterback, it, 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 he has nowhere to go but up. And now he's got a tool to take him there. He's got a very interesting draft pick of the slot receiver, uh, Cooper Cup, coming in. Uh, you know, they've still got the, the gizmo receiver with Austin out there. So it's – it's um, it, we'll just have to see. I think the potential for upside is there. I like I like it a little better than Dave's 30%. You know, in, in Buffalo, it's a ho-hum move to me, although I think some people will see Matthews catching 75 to 80 balls. Uh, uh, you know, when and how is, is a different – type of thing uh, it's not a weekly it's not a weekly because of the inconsistent quarterback at buffalo and the different game scripts it's not a weekly thing that i want to you know you know that i want to make him uh, put him matthews in my lineup every week but i i never have yeah, been he, high on this player as some fantasy guys have he um he will be playing opposite or you'd think he, he'd be in the slot maybe with zay jones on the outside or you know playing more outside receiver but the other guy another big receiver that buffalo added this week was Anquan Bolden, one year, $2.75 million. You look at what Bolden has been able to do. He's seemingly like a, another timeless receiver, just goes mm-hmm. out there and catches passes. Farrell, you look at Anquan Bolden this year uh, in a Buffalo Bills uniform catching passes for Tyrod Taylor. Uh, currently, over the – I mean, this is basically uh, all the drafts that, that we have the data for. This is after uh, the Bills signed him. Uh, still going in the 17th round. To me, that's still a value there for Bolden. That's a steal. I don't care if he is 37 years old. He caught almost 70 balls last year. And he's the better choice for a consistent uh, receiver, especially down around the goal line. It, uh, I hope he's going that late by the time I get to Las Vegas and draft my teams. 
Farrell, uh, we're talking with Farrell Edith, the uh, commissioner of the uh, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, registered today at kffsc.com. Uh, still plenty of spots available online and at the Louisville main event. Some ancillary stuff there, too. Uh, definitely check that out. Farrell, I, I'm going to give you a, a roughly 45 seconds here uh, before we take our, our next break. Talk a little bit about Kenny Galladay because he has been wowing uh, people in uh, Detroit practices, and I, I feel like this is a guy that you've been on so far this year. Yeah, I've been on him because I met him last year at Pro Day. I really like him. Uh, when he starts moving vertically, making people miss, you're going to even get more excited. Six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds. I love him, and he's you know he's he's from Chicago, Illinois. Let uh, let a player do well in the league that's not from Florida for once. You know, it's one of Johnny Rosak's boys from Chicago, Illinois, North Dakota to Northern Illinois to the NFL. I think he's going to be a big player in Detroit. Yeah. Kenny Colliday, definitely a guy to uh, to watch out for, even as a rookie, making uh, making some plays in preseason. Pay attention to him as a late-round flyer. We have much more with Farrell Elliott and uh, Dave Gerzak coming up right after this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Farrell Elliott from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship joins the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour this week. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak coming at you. We're talking uh, about the news around the NFL. We touched on the big stuff today, getting into some other stuff. Uh, and, and one of the storylines that continues uh, to be a, a thing for fantasy owners that they need to pay attention to, Andrew Luck, no timeline to begin practicing, according to Chuck Pagano. Uh, this was an ESPN.com report that came out today. Farrell Andrew Luck is the guy that drives that Colts offense. What are we doing with Hilton, Moncrief, and, and Gore and, and the rest of it? How are you treating Colts this year with no timetable on Andrew Luck? Dave Gerzak was the one that put that first in my mind. And, yeah, you, you've got to stay away from Hilton at where he's going. And I just don't like the way Luck is responding to the media about his injury. Here's a guy who's, who's always a, a great interview, uh, always in a situation to communicate and get his point across and people ask him about his injury and he begins a line of double talk that I've never seen come out of the guy's mouth so I, I really <laughs> he's off my board I, I, yeah exactly and so are most of the Colts based on what you have to pay to get them walks off my board I'm yeah not taking, yeah it's I'm, I'm, I'm honestly like what are the uh, there's a chance that there's a complication he has to they have to redo the surgery boom up for the season well, the, it's not that impossible. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right, and it's, uh, there's certainly a non-zero chance having that. But my question is, what's the upside in taking T.Y. Hilton here in, in the, uh, you know, at the, end, the mid to late second round? You're you, paying luck price? You, you could still have, instead of Hilton, you could have Amari Cooper. You could have Des Bryant, you know, Doug Derek, Baldwin. Derek Carr, you know, Zach, you know, you're getting... Run, Jackson, Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin. Yeah. Tom Brady, Brandon Cooks, yeah, exactly. well, Tom Savage, and DeAndre Hopkins, that's debatable. Oh, that'll but, be Deshaun Watson in about a week. Okay, well, and, and Watson's healthy. So I think that there's, again, like Farrell said, there's not a ton of upside uh, drafting Hilton right now when you can get all those other guys there. Uh, Farrell, I don't want to – I think we – the only other thing I want to touch on, and this is kind of being underreported, maybe it's just because it's, it's – it's, I'm just reading too much into it. But Mike Triplett from ESPN.com reported – uh, this week, the, the Saints' newest depth chart, and Ted Ginn is actually listed as the number two receiver ahead of Willie Sneed, and, and Sneed is actually the number three there. And Sneed was a guy that a lot of high-stakes owners were on, you know, in the sixth, seventh round this year, and, and maybe in the fifth round now that he's, he's been driven up a little bit more. Uh, but Sneed should fall after this. You look at uh, uh, Ginn versus Sneed there. Whoever is the number two receiver in New Orleans, there's certain, certainly some fantasy goodness to be had there. How do you view those two players for 2017? 
I love both of them. I think Snead being a number three receiver, what does it matter? There's 5,000 yards in Drew Brees' arm. And, you know, the tight end is, is still iffy um, it's for even practice. So, you know, I believe this is a slot receiver. Again's outside the numbers. I think they're two different kind of guys. And they've needed they've needed a, a speed merchant that's consistent. You know, Gens been this is his 11th year in the league. I couldn't believe that. 14 TDs in the last two years. You know, if you can get 14 two TDs with Cam Newton throwing you the ball, when when one year you go to the Super Bowl and one year the offense falls apart, what can you do with Drew Brees? I think Ted Ginn is a wonderful value, and he's going to shoot up the boards. And we're we're going to see some of this in the preseason. Uh, we're going to get a buzz. The guys that have got him early in the football guys drafts are. They're in a mighty good position with Ted Ginn, I think. That's why we always encourage drafting early. You can get values like this that can really help you be uh, a league winner, Uh, if not maybe an overall contest winner. We'll have to see uh, how uh, Ted Ginn um, performs in the preseason, like Farrell said. Farrell, we've we've ignored the listeners long enough. Let's get to some emails here. Uh, We we actually... Take those? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bill in Nita, Massachusetts, leads things off tonight. Hello, Rich Marshall and Mooch. Which Ravens tight end are you targeting this year, or are you staying away from them altogether? Enjoy the preseason. That is Bill in Needham, Massachusetts. So, uh, Farrell, you know, Ravens tight end. Last year is Dennis Pitta, and he caught 86 passes. We know that there are targets there to be had. What Ravens tight end do you like best this season? None of them. And I'm beginning not to like anyone on the Ravens. Every day someone's injured. I can, I'm waiting for Woodhead next because uh, once he goes down offensively, we're in, we're in a hell of a mess. You know, Watson is an attractive tight end. He's the wonderful gentleman of the league. I think there's some guys, uh, you know, that, that could be sleeping on him. But, uh, you know, he hasn't played since week three of last year. Uh, you know, this Baltimore thing is just a mess. And you talk about staying out of Indianapolis because of luck. You know, Flacco's going to come in and start the season if he starts it on time. Uh, you know, hell, he always looks rusty to me. And this offense is not going to have a lot of uh, a lot of consistency or, 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 or vibe to it that suggests to me that it can get uh, that it can get clicking. You know, they were a weird team last year, and this just isn't starting in the right way. Yeah, no, uh, no Dennis Pitta, obviously, with the hip. You have Kenneth Dixon out for the year uh, with his injury. And Joe Flacco, I mean, he, he's still out right now. And, and we saw what Ryan Mallett did in the first preseason game. And it wasn't good. Uh, so you look at <laughs> guys who were sleepers, sleeper receivers on this team. Mike Wallace, a lot of people like. Jeremy Macklin, a lot of people like. Even Brashad Perriman in the 13th, 14th round, people were taking chances on. Uh, and then we talked about mm-hmm. with, with Michael Nazar. We talked about Terrence West earlier. There is uh, reason enough for me to stay away from these guys. Now, Ben Watson's not going until the 17th round. So if you do like to get your third FFPC tight end late or a fourth FFPC tight end, certainly uh, Ben Watson represents a, a certain amount of upside there uh, late. Uh, but I, I'm with Pharaoh, man. I'm, I'm not targeting uh, any of these guys. Dave, you look at the Baltimore offense this year, certainly not a lot to get excited about as we speak uh, here in mid-August. Yeah, it's a problem. I, I still, I'll still, i take a look at Woodhead and maybe Mike Wallace. I don't know. Woodhead, to me, is, 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 is as, as long as Pharaoh didn't just jinx him. But as, as long as he stays healthy, <laughs> man, he's a guy that could really uh, – be, have a very successful year in that offense with how much uh, Baltimore throws to their running backs. Farrell, next question here. This is uh, Harry in Westland, Michigan. 
Hey, fellas, with Booker missing time, Charles not guaranteed to make the team or be effective. Is C.J. Anderson going too late in drafts right now? Anderson, uh, thank you for the email, Harry. Anderson going at the 6.04. So, Farrell, I feel like we've talked about C.J. Anderson before, and it seems like every time yep. we bring him up on this show, he's going around later than he was before. Now he's going <laughs> in the sixth round. Is, is there any fantasy value in the early sixth for C.J. Anderson? I don't think so. This player's always been an enigma to me. Um, he's, he's never uh, – you talk about – you know, they're talking about more catches this year. He's going to be targeted more, and perhaps that's so. But, you know, you go back to the scouting combine. This, this player was very ordinary at the scouting combine, and he's flashed some in the NFL, and he's had some great players playing around him. I think we've seen the best football out of C.J. Anderson. I'm looking somewhere else, and I'm looking younger in the sixth and seventh round for a running back. Farrell, this next email I think you can provide some good insight on. This is Charlie in Las Cruces, New Mexico. He writes, DeAndre Hopkins doesn't seem to be getting lowered as much as Allen Robinson is this year, and Savage and Watson both look good this week. Are you guys drafting him in the second round this year? Thanks, gentlemen. That is Charlie in Las Cruces, New Mexico. So, Farrell, you can use your Texans insight here as we look at Hopkins <laughs> going currently at the 303 in uh, FFPC drafts. You don't even necessarily have to take him in the second round. If you have a late second round pick, you can wait till that turn and take him in the early third. Your thoughts on Hopkins this year? He's a steal in the third. He's got a completely different attitude. The holdout from last year is gone. You know, he's, he's taking the company line about the quarterback Savage. Now that, based on what we saw uh, a couple nights ago, that may just change with uh with Watson there uh but it, we'll have to see Savage looked like short passing game Hopkins caught two passes went to the went to the sidelines but right now the team they're cohesive uh on defense offense and special teams and they've got to get this quarterback situation taken care of whatever quarterback plays Hopkins is going to get his it's a wise choice in the third round and by the way guys Will Fuller all you guys that, that love Fuller, what a what a camp he was having. Everybody shakes his head about this player not being there. And I'm curious where those receptions uh, are going to go. But, man, he was in line, I think, for a heck of a year. So, um, well, first of all, maybe C.J. Fedora picks him up. Do you think that might be a possibility, Farrell? Yeah, he didn't play at all Wednesday night, so he was a little bit out of my mind. Griffin, Griffin had a real good game. I think there's a lot of 21 personnel sets for this team, and so we're going to see both tight ends on the field, and Fedorowicz definitely gets his. I mean, the linebackers, though, on that defense are just fantastic, <laughs> Monsters. Right? I Monsters. Mean, the best, right? <laughs> you know, first, second, and third string. Great linebackers. No matter what string, yeah. That string is like a yo-yo. There's, so much, there's too much string. Farrell may or may not represent uh, a player on the Texans, uh, may or may not be uh, Brian Peters, uh, linebacker, so uh, certainly best of, of luck to him this year. Uh, Farrell, let's, uh, let's get to one more email here, and uh, then we'll talk about what's going to happen next week on the show. West Texas's Roger, this, he literally lives in a city called West Texas. Are y'all worried about wow. Alshon Jeffrey right now with his injury? Or Jeffries? Or no, Alshon Jeffrey with his injury, or does this present a good buying opportunity in drafts for him? Thanks to the email, Roger Farrell, Alshon Jeffrey at the 407. Yay or nay from you? Roger, run to the border, run away from Alshon Jeffrey. Injured, uh, 
<laughs> you know, I saw calculation where in practice, in seven-on-seven, seven, Wentz has thrown close to 200 passes. Five of them have gone to Alshon Jeffrey. There's no chemistry here, and I don't see these two getting together on the field anytime soon. I I don't like what's happening here. It looks to me, and this bothers me in the business, but occasionally you see it, it looks to me like a player has got paid and is really not in any hurry to show it out on the field. So that may change as we get closer to the season, but I'm staying away from this. There are just too many yeah, other sir. good receivers out there. I, I'm with you, man. I, I'm finding a different way to spend a fourth-round pick. I don't think I'm going to have Alshon Jeffrey in any of my drafts this week. Farrell, we follow you on Twitter at KFFFC. We are all going to go to KFFFC.com to make sure that we are filling up all those uh, live and online events. Yeah. And you, my friend, did such a good job this week. You will be on co-hosting with me next week. Wow, another another day, another paycheck. I can't wait, guys. Listen, we don't want to get into this on the show But Farrell, uh, thanks so much pay, Alice is coming out. We'll, we'll find yeah. out in a second what's up Farrell, we'll <laughs> talk to you again real soon, buddy Thank you guys, have a great evening thanks. Farrell Elliott on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Another special guest coming up right after this On the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, HSFF Hour here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Great stuff, Dave, there from Farrell Elliott before the break. Can't wait to have him on next week, co-host, and I'll tell you who the other co-host is next week. It's, two? It's going to be two co-hosts. In yeah, the dude, it's going to be fantastic. You need two people to replace me. Yeah. That's, you finally, finally you admit it. Well, listen, I think, I think I've admitted it before, but it's, it's more like... It takes two people. No, it doesn't take two people. It takes two people to make up for all the, the dreck that you had spewed <laughs> on the airwaves uh, in previous weeks. Speaking of, uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, so great stuff uh, there from Farrell uh, Elliott. I want to get to our next guest right now, and I'm going to bring him in. He, uh, it's tonight's final guest. Do you need a sheet of paper to, in- to introduce Al? Oh, d- well, listen, listen. This is, uh, this is great stuff here. I want to welcome him. He's a world-renowned <laughs> high-stakes fantasy football player. Co-founded the FFPC in 2008. Your cheat notes. You may know him as the prognosticator, or you may know him as Nag. I know him as the boss, and you can follow him on Twitter at Alex underscore FFPC. Please welcome in Mr. Alex Kaganowski. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Well, thank you for having me, but that's a uh, used-to-be high-stake player, uh, thanks to uh, the New York Gaming Commission, for one. Yeah, you don't, you don't currently play, Alex, but you're still world-renowned. I mean, like, world-renownment does not just go away because you stop playing. People still respect your, your opinion at, at a very high level. That, well, that may be true, and especially with, you know, with this, uh, this uh, appearance here in front of uh, dozens and dozens of people uh, all of over people. the country. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of people. Uh, let's hey, listen. We're all over terrestrial radio now in North America, so that this is uh, probably um, maybe a hundred. We're big with uh, truckers, several truckers, and in like the redneck areas of the country. Yeah, and a lot kind of, of like here. a lot of uh, housewives like listening to to this in the morning uh, in, <laughs> when they're getting breakfast ready and and uh, this getting the kids ready for school. They love it, and their husbands are always telling them to turn it off. But hopefully, uh, we're bringing a special segment tonight that is going to uh, really excite them. Dave, I'm going to give you this right here. The reason we are having uh, the prognosticator on tonight is uh, he is fresh off his trip to Las Vegas, made some season-long wide receiver props. You can make these prop bets at any of the uh, casinos on the strip there. And uh, we want to highlight the ones that you made, uh, Alex, tonight, betting on who is – now this is who is going to lead the NFL in receiving yardage, correct? 
Yeah, so I walked into uh, Caesar's Palace, and I, I, frankly, I totally forgot about this because a lot of the hotels stopped putting these out uh, the last few years. And I just happened to be passing by the sports book, and, and I asked them to print, print it out for me, and they did. They had them. Um, and I always like to, to look for, you know, the home, the, the, the home runs. I like to, you know, throw darts and educated darts, I guess, to some degree. And I, and I thought I found some. Yeah, and just just to be clear, so we're business partners together, and to be clear, you did not text me or alert me to the possibility of betting with you at all. You just did this all on your own. Uh, well, you know, as, as you may remember, there was there was one one particular time when you and I were putting play uh, bets together, uh, standing on the line, and you were in front of me, and you put the bet in, and as soon as you put the bet in, um, you know, the line went up, right? <laughs> the line. <laughs> you remember that, don't you? <laughs> So yeah, that was a, that I'm was not a about Island to let Island. that happen again. <laughs> <laughs> that was a TI, and I bet on the Chiefs over for like 500 bucks, and then it, the line changed, and it went to like minus 150. And you like, everyone. By the way, everyone tells the story of how you had your huge wad of cash, and you were about to make a bet, you know, probably for like a thousand bucks or whatever, even more. And they're like, oh, it went to 150, and you just put it right back in your pocket. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt thinks that's the best thing ever. <laughs> Sorry. Alex, yeah, I'm curious exactly as to, right. I, I'm curious as to, now I'm looking at the sheet right here, and I think you made five different wagers. I want to know, uh, of these five, tell us about your favorite one, the one you're most excited about, uh, the one that uh, you feel is, uh, you know, gives you the best odds, and, and, and re- not the necessarily the best odds, but the one that, uh, that you feel really good about. Well, you know, as you're looking at them, the, obviously they're all, well, three of them are 100-plus, uh, 100 to 1 plus. So these aren't, you know, great odds. These are, again, these are just flyers. Uh, these are darts. But, you know, I try to think about who can, uh, who's in a position, who who's, has the pedigree, who's in a position, who's in an offense that, you know, has a chance at it. Not even who's going to do it, but who can give me a chance. You know, who can I, you know, in week 14 or 15, who can I actually root for? Uh, that may be within within striking distance, and I think my favorite guy is Kelvin Benjamin at 100 to one, uh, because you know I mean this is a guy who clearly has the pedigree. He's done it in the past in terms of putting up big yardage in the air, um, and I think you know I think he's undervalued in fantasy, and I think he's he was definitely uh, I think this was the wrong uh, the wrong odds he had 100 to one. I think he probably belongs more like in the 50 to 60 range. I'm curious because Devontae Parker is listed as 100 to 1 on here, too. And this is a guy that was getting a lot of preseason hype. You know, Adam Gase is talking him up. The Dolphins coaching staff is talking him up. Uh, I don't know if maybe this is hurt because Ryan Tannehill won't be throwing him the ball anymore uh, and Jay Cutler is going to be throwing it to him. But, but Devontae Parker at 101, uh, 100 to 1 is certainly very interesting as well. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I probably would not have looked at you know, his direction if it wasn't for Cutler. I mean, that was probably the only reason I did. Uh, but again, another pedigree guy, you know, highly drafted and uh, obviously, obviously, you know, hasn't done it. Uh, but you know, look, everyone's saying how uh, Cutler may be, you know, he may be the favorite, the favorite target for Cutler. You know, I don't know if I believe it necessarily, but at a hundred to one, why not? A guy who, and we're talking with Alex Kaganowski, co-founder of the FFPC. Follow him on Twitter at Alex underscore FFPC. Talking about his prop bets that he made on the uh, season-long wagers he can make uh, in Las Vegas on the receivers this year. Another guy that uh, had uh, semi-long odds, but a fresh face in a new place, and that is Terrell Pryor. 
Uh, you uh, placed a wager on him as well, and that is, I believe, 40 to 1 odds. Talk a little bit about why, uh, why you like the prior wager there. So the prior wager is a little bit different because I didn't think those were really great odds. I thought those are more truer odds. And actually, uh, I didn't know this for a fact, uh, but I, I would have expected he probably opened higher and he probably got banked down to 40. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got banked down even longer, lower uh, in the next couple of weeks when we get back to Vegas. So I didn't think 40 to 1 was really was great odds, but I just like the player and I like the situation. I like the fact that he's in a 5,000-yard offense. Um, so, and, and clearly he's, a you know, he is, you know, just an absolute beast in terms of athletic, you know, being an athletic beast on the field, uh, and a pedigree athlete, not necessarily a wide receiver. So, uh, that's another guy who, that's a guy who I actually think has a really good chance where the other guys more, are more darts. And another one of those darts is, uh, John Brown, the number two receiver in Arizona. If his illness and his uh, sickle cell, uh, you know, not necessarily a sickle cell behind it, but if they can treat it a little bit better than they did last year. And he's, he's got the cyst off his spine now. Certainly a lot of good things going in his direction. If Arizona, what a crappy year he has. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. And if uh, Fitz somehow falls off the face of the earth, uh, or maybe if Fitz doesn't and John Brown is just the field stretcher, uh, he certainly has a good shot here uh, to make a dent in this. Very long odds. Talk about John Brown. Yeah, so at 125 to 1, uh, again, I mean, this is a pure dart. Uh, the way I looked at it is, you know, is is he an injury-prone receiver? Of course he is. Um, but what if what if by some chance he plays 16 games, right? Uh, 16 healthy games. I think if that happens, I'm actually willing to to make a wager, provided he plays 60 games, that he will be top 10 in receiving yards. Um, and if if you're getting a top 10 receiver. Uh, at 125 to one, to one odds, you know what? I'll take that. And who knows what could, what could happen? Maybe he could actually, you know, again in week 14, maybe I could be rooting for him, um, you know, to to fight against Antonio or, or Julio. The final one we'll talk about Don't tonight. Worry, Julio get hurt. Yeah, <laughs> the final one we'll talk about tonight is one that I think you're feeling probably a little bit better about uh, after the uh, Elliott news came out today, or maybe you're not. You can talk a little bit about it. But Des Bryant at 22 to one, you uh, you you locked him up as well. I don't know what the odds are uh, for him after the Elliott uh, suspension, but talk a little bit about the Des wager. So to me, Des is one of the like a second tier favorite, right? So you have Antonio Brown at four to one. You have Julio at uh I think he's four to one as well. Um and uh Beckham is at six to one, right? And then you have guys like uh Evans and, and to me uh, you know A. J. Green and to me Dez is right there. So when you when you get a guy who's you know clearly you know has had monstrous years Maybe not in receiving yards necessarily, but who can get it done in the right situation. And uh, obviously, the the Zeke the Zeke news helps that that out. Um, I think he's a guy who you know who could do it. Is in the right situation. And and twenty two to one, you know, I think that's a realistic. Uh, that's that's a really those are good odds and on a for a receiver who could really get it done. I, uh, I, you've been very gracious with your, uh, with your time uh, tonight, Alex. We certainly appreciate uh, <laughs> you coming on. 
Uh, no, don't laugh. Is it time is going to bill us? It is, so it is a busy, busy you, month. Thank you for spending time with us, Alex. We're so appreciate yes, it. I do appreciate it. You may not appreciate it, but I do appreciate it. You know what? I can't wait to, to head out to Vegas, uh, which we're doing in September. I'm going to win some money on that. I'd like to spend some time at dinner with Alex in Vegas. That, that a number be, of times. That will be fun. Last question before we let you go, Alex. Uh, you're at uh, Planet Hollywood getting things squared away. Are the, is everything looking fantastic? Baffle? A, a, a baffle for a baffle 10th anniversary uh, main event this season? Yeah, I think it's actually going to be really good. I, I, you know, this for anyone who who hasn't been to Planet Hollywood, it's right in the center of the strip, right across the street from from Bellagio. I mean, it's perfect location. Uh, you know, the, it's a upgraded hotel. They just renovated it. You know, I, I'm not. It's not five star hotel, but you know what? It's pretty close to being a four star hotel. It's it's certainly it's a huge upgrade where we were last year with the Westgate, and and um, you know, in terms of uh, where where the events are going to be, I mean, it's a fantastic ballroom you know great mezzanine area where we're going to have the party right on top overlooking the um the casino overall it's just a really really nice place and the casino is small enough to i think when all of us are there you know all the ffpc players and we're all getting there to getting together on friday saturday night and and kind of you know hitting the tables all at once i think you'll, you're going to turn around and you're going to see a lot of friendly faces uh next next to you or the table next to you. So it'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. Alex Kaganowski from the FFPC. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Cool, guys. See you later. Thanks, buddy. HSFF Hour rolls on right after this on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Final segment of the program this week. I am Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzak uh, from the FFPC. I guess I'm from the FFPC, too. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Three guests tonight. It was crazy. You and I didn't get to riff as much as we normally do, but I feel like you and I are, are coming out of here much, much wiser, much more prepared for our, uh, for our drafts this year. Also a little bit less angry than normal at each other. I've never been angry with you. Oh. Ever. Cool. That's that's just me. Yeah. It's just you. Uh I, I tend Sorry. to I tend to infuriate uh people a little bit more on the show. You know the other nice thing about Planet Hollywood that we were talking about before the break. Yeah. Is uh you know Ron Meyer two packer. He loves to go there. He's been going there for years by the way without no matter where we were. He's a big fan of the Earl of Sandwich. Listen, at the Earl the Planet of Hollywood. Things. Earl of Sandwich yeah. loves it. Yeah. But he uses that to get his base on because he goes to that the drink place. Oh, gets yeah. The, the yards. The yards. Of, what is the yard of whatever? Vod- vodka, Everclear, whatever. Yeah. Everclear, yeah. yeah. But he gets the extra Everclear shots yeah. for like five bucks. It's insane. And then he goes and drafts. Then he, he does not he doesn't draft. He does auctions. He has oh. like a five-hour auction. But, the, but, he's, he's yeah, but here's the thing. When, when you do those auctions, when you have that kind of uh, liquor in your system, you can just go crazy and just get like four or five studs right away. And then just hang out and wait for your dollar players at the end. That's actually, that's actually probably the best strategy. It's, it's not a bad way and to do it. And then just rip on everybody else. <laughs> yeah. He's terrible. Exactly. Um, so a lot of stuff we learned tonight. We learned uh, how Michael Nazarick has been so successful, not only the pros versus Joes, but the FFPC main event. Pockets of goodness. Get two tight ends by the uh, end of the eighth and ninth round. Uh, certainly has worked out for him. Great stuff from Farrell Elliott. Uh, once again tonight, we can uh, uh, look forward to that as we are counting down the days to uh, Louisville. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, which is full right now, that takes place next weekend. So if you want to draft in Cincinnati, you're going to have to uh, do it again next year because they are all full up there. Uh, online events uh, definitely going on as well. Great stuff from Phil. Good insight on the Hopkins thing, you know, given his contact with like the that. Texans. I really actually, I really like that a lot. I'm actually kind of more on Hopkins because, not more on, but I'm more space on Hopkins yeah. than before. No, I got it. I get it. 
Um, interesting stuff about Will Fuller, too. I think that if you're a dynasty owner with the type of camp that he was having, knowing that Deshaun Watson is going to be, you know, having a full year of the NFL under his belt, I don't know how many games he's going to start, but knowing that Fuller is probably going to be the number two guy in that offense next year, might be a good idea to get Fuller on the cheap right now. You know he's going to be missing time. He's, his value is only going to go up because each day represents a day closer to him being healthy again. So that strike while the iron's hot right now. Well, the iron's like... Not in the fire. Well, it's not in the, I mean, say, like, um, <laughs> like the, the trading iron is very hot. Right. The fuller value iron is... is frosty. Yeah, it's frosty. Uh, so uh, definitely do that. And then uh, great stuff from Alex Kaganowski tonight uh, on these wide receiver prop bets. Your opinions on him? Did you have a favorite out of all those, the ones that he placed between Benjamin Pryor, uh, Bryant, John Brown, and I'm forgetting the other one that he did? Uh, you know... You, you have it right there. Yeah, I do have it right here. Did he do a Tyreek Hill? No, he didn't, but he marked it off there. Yeah, it's 75. I would have taken Tyreek. Of course, of course I would have taken yeah, Tyreek Hill. Obviously. One catch tonight, 32 yards. Yeah, and, and it was a, it was a try good and, one. Try and average that out, boys. Right. 75 catches times 32. I would do like 80 catches. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, Either way, it works out. It's, it's record-breaking is, <laughs> is where it is. So uh, great stuff. So three guests tonight. That was fantastic. Great stuff. A great job by all of them. I want to uh, thank Michael Nazareth. I want to thank Farrell Elliott and thank Alex Kaganowski, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for listening. We certainly appreciate you uh, tuning in uh, to listen to all our uh, madness. Uh, but hopefully tonight you got a lot of good uh, – uh, information as we are fast approaching uh, draft time uh, for many of you out there. I uh, want to remind everybody to make your plan a Hollywood reservation. Sign up for the main event drafts with all the uh, stats, dynasty, and the Football Guys Players Championship. Next Friday is our Kentucky preview show with Farrell Elliott making his return, as well as 2016 Kentucky champ Mark Salinas will be on the air with us as well. Uh, and I want to remind everybody that you are listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike Blewett, George First Road Expert Show is up next on Fantasy. Thanks so much for listening. FFP this has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound of engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks and Corvette tire skirt, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use a, use a, use a bitch, yo, I'm on Sally's.